0: Welcome to the You Love and You Learn podcast, the place to learn about all things love, relationships, relationship anxiety, and to deconstruct the one-size-fits-all narrative of what it means to be in a happy relationship. I'm your host, Sarah Yudkin, a relationship anxiety coach who's on a mission to discuss the nuances of love and relationships that I wish someone would have shared with me years ago. My goal with each episode is for you to leave with an expanded definition of love and relationships and with practices to carry with you in your life and relationships on a day-to-day basis. I'm so grateful to have you here. Welcome back, everybody, to the Love and You Learn podcast. I'm really, really excited for this episode. I sat down with Kiyomi LaFleur, who is a world-known founder and creator of Awaken Into Love, and she hosts an online community for people who experience relationship OCD and relationship anxiety. With over a million views on YouTube and over a thousand plus course and community members, she dedicates her life to raising awareness on relationship OCD, anxiety, and conscious relationships. She has experienced debilitating relationship OCD, hypochondria, panic disorder, and general anxiety for years, and used to suffer with every thought, emotion, and feeling possible, but once she overcame ROCD, she knew that she needed to be an expert in this field to help others. Kiyomi's background is in social work, yoga therapy, and mindfulness-based work, and has been working in mental health profession for over 10 years. After years of extensive research, education, therapy, and coaching, she has become an expert on relationship OCD and relationship anxiety and conscious relationships, and her mission is to continue being a relationship OCD and conscious relationship advocate and to educate people from all around the world on finding freedom from ROCD. It's always a pleasure to sit down and chat with Kiyomi, and I'm excited for you to hear this episode where we focus on resistance. Enjoy! Enjoy! Hi, Kiyomi. Thank you so much for joining me on the You Love and You Learn podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Sarah. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, it's been so great to connect with you over the last few years. And I've really enjoyed just your work. And what I say a lot about the relationship OCD or anxiety coaches is that even though we're all kind of teaching something similar, we all, I believe, have such a unique perspective. And so I really love getting to connect with Other people who are doing similar work, but really learning from them as well.
1: Yeah, Yeah, thank you so much. I think this is a great opportunity for us to come together as teachers, as mentors, and really share what we have to be able to support people who I feel need it more than ever
0: right now. Yeah, absolutely. And if someone hasn't yet come across your work and awaken into love, can you just give them a little bit of your story of how you got into being uh, someone who supports with relationship OCD? yeah
1: absolutely well i think that for most of us who come into this work and who kind of go into the role of guidance or teaching or you know therapeutic support it's usually because we have personally gone through our own journey of rcd and relationship anxiety and it's it's such an interesting thing because it almost becomes a blessing with rcd and relationship anxiety because you kind of become an expert at it, right? Because you're like, what is going on? What is happening? And so um, kind of the OCD anxiety journey started for me when I was about 16. And I had different kind of different forms of OCD until I met my husband when I was about 16 or 17 and the RSD really hit. And so this was back in like 2007 and I had no idea what was going on and didn't really understand anything because we were just, I mean, the internet was up, but there's not much information out there. Um, and then I kind of went through my own journey with it. I was doing a lot of work um, within myself and then ROCD kind of hit again and again and again until I really decided to understand what it was um, and kind of like do so much research and work with so many different therapists to really understand what was going on. And through that path of my own relationship, OCD and relationship anxiety path, I really came to be like, wow, this is something that no one's talking about. I think I was like the only person on YouTube at the time talking about relationship OCD. And I was like, if, if I could help at least one person, then that would make a difference to know that they're not alone and that's kind of where the journey started and then um ever since then i think 2015 is when i really started to be like okay people really need this support and so it was really my own journey that kind of created the program and a lot of the work i do with clients and you know courses and stuff like that and and yeah it's been it's been incredible it's been really great
0: Mm, That's so beautiful. And I resonate a lot with just kind of being able to now help others with what I needed the most support with. And so I think that's a beautiful part of this work is that when we can acknowledge the experience from our own lens and that we've actually been there, it can be so helpful for someone just to be in connection with someone who's had a similar experience to them. Yes.
1: So important. I'm sure you get it all the time that, you know, people want to work with us because we understand. And I think that's deeply what people want is to be understood and to be seen. And for us to be like, I get it. I've been there. And I think that that's what we can offer in a great way.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I'll just kind of give a note here for anyone listening that we may use the phrase relationship OCD or ROCD and relationship anxiety interchangeably. And Kiyomi and I, it was almost now, I feel like two years ago, but time has flown by, but we recorded an episode on her podcast talking about kind of the nuances of that phrase ROCD versus relationship anxiety and talking about their commonalities and getting over-identified with those phrases. So if you're interested in kind of hearing about what we talked about were either the differences or similarities between those two, then definitely check that episode out. But for the sake of this conversation today. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into resistance and how that shows up in both relationship OCD and relationship anxiety. We're just going to kind of use those phrases interchangeably. So try not to worry too much about the the language. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I'm really glad that you brought that up because I think a lot of people can get confused with that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So with that said, something that you posted recently kind of inspired the idea for us to talk about resistance. And I know that that is something that can come up not just in the relationship anxiety or ROCD path, but really just in life in general, but especially when it comes to kind of changes and transitions and moving ahead with a commitment or something that feels pretty serious, like a relationship. So, Can you share a little bit about what your definition of resistance is or kind of what your understanding of resistance is to be?
1: I love, okay. So I was just so excited to be here because I just love this topic so much just in general, but resistance. I think that Um, I can approach this in a lot of different ways, but the work that we do at Awaken Into Love is very based in like an empowerment model in terms of seeing the challenges that we have, not in a way to disempower us, but more so to kind of see the different obstacles that come about in a way to kind of inspire and awaken. So we really at Awaken Into Love see resistance as such a normal And such almost like a healthy um, component uh, and also protective mechanism that will inevitably come up whenever we're growing. I think that's like a simple way to put it Uh, in terms of the work with ROCD and relationship anxiety. Resistance is part of the path specifically because our brain has built so many protective mechanisms to keep us safe. To keep us comfortable. So, whenever we're moving out of that comfort zone, whenever we're moving into a place of, you know, shedding different parts of the ego or moving from different stories that have served us, there is going to be resistance. And I think the complication that happens with this specific work is that a lot of people mistake resistance, like resistance has so many different masks. And it has so many different faces where it shows up in and a lot of people say, Oh my God, if this comes up, that must mean it's the truth versus this is a part that's probably coming up because it's trying to protect you as you're growing into something new. How exciting is that? So we really try to take it in a different model and kind of in a way to empower us to almost like celebrate resistance. Like it's going to come up in your journey. It's going to look different for a lot of people, but it's also going to look very similar. And I think Sarah, you and I have kind of talked about that a little bit in the beginning, um, which I don't know if you want to go into. But I think the one thing that I want to bring up is resistance is going to happen whenever you're going into growth, whenever you're going to something new, especially when you're going into relationship work, because it feels so vulnerable, it feels so fragile. And to almost start to recognize the different patterns it comes up in, but not put yourself down for it. Almost congratulate when you get to those points.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love everything you shared. And I think it might be helpful now to kind of give some of those examples of how resistance can show up i think you just said the word masks which is pretty cool i think as a way to think about it like it can show up in all these different ways masked up as different intrusive thoughts or truths or people might worry as truths but what are some examples i can think of plenty in my own story but like in your story what were the ways that resistance showed up most frequently
1: Yeah, I think that the three big ways that I really see it show up, especially with clients and members that come up over and over and over again, is one, if I do the work, am I going to find a truth? I think that's the biggest one that people go into that prevents them from actually stepping in and asking for help, for joining the course, for talking to a therapist. It's always, okay, well, if I do the work, I'm probably going to find out some sort of truth right? That's a really, really big one that happens or that their intrusive thoughts are going to be real. So they hold themselves back and don't actually go into the journey of healing because they're afraid that what they're most scared of, which is to lose their partner, to lose control is actually going to come true. So that's a really big block that we see in regards to resistance. The other one that really comes up is maybe I'm just the only one. I'm the only exception. Right. Mm-hmm. If, if, if I do this work and I keep doing it, I put all the work in and and I, and I do all those grueling, challenging practices, then maybe in some way I'm going to find out that I'm just the exception. I'm the one that can't get there. So that feels really scary, too, for a lot of people. Another one that really comes up is just basically just the fear of the unknown, and the fear of the unknown comes up in so many different ways, such as the mask of hey, well, maybe I'll find my truth, right? We kind of talked about that in, in the first one. Um, another resistance is, you know, maybe I'm just going to find out that this is the right, right person, and just all of these type of masks that can come up. But it's really like deep down this fear of letting go of what's comfortable and moving into something. that feels really unsafe. That's like the unconscious part. But then really, what if I find a truth? What if I find out my worst fear? And so that's really what prevents a lot of people um, from going in. And then there's other just like little ones that really are kind of like the unconscious part, which is you know, being with the present moment, being in the body, what if I can't control or stop what's going on? Like, what if I go a little bit deeper, and I touch the suffering, and then it never stops. Mm. So that kind of forever component really keeps people in this place of feeling stuck, feeling disempowered, feeling like they have no control, feeling like they have no choice, which leads them to stay in the spot that they are and not take any actions moving forward. So those are a couple different masks, but I'm sure you've seen so many different ways it comes up, right? Like all these blockages, like all these what-ifs, those are the resistance parts too, of like really going deeper into the body and really working with what is there. But um, those are kind of the main ones that I see very evidently.
0: Yeah. Those are also great. And I think the, what if I discover something like when I'm, you know, like, I don't know if I should do coaching or if I should take this course because well then yeah what will I find and that's such a powerful one and I remember thinking that very often and I think in general just a lot of the intrusive thoughts that come up with relationship anxiety or ROCD are resistance like well how do I know that they're right for me or I need to be absolutely absolutely sure that this is going to work out and what if I'm missing red flags or is this an incompatibility obviously these are all questions that like logically the mainstream narrative kind of wants you to fact check and be sure of. But then at a certain point, I think the hyper focus on these things and to your point, the uh, not wanting to sit with the uncertainty of some of these things is where the resistance can then kind of keep us in a spiral versus actually moving forward and taking action. Exactly, exactly. I think that a lot of people, I mean, it's
1: especially in the beginning of the journey, it's when we take the thoughts so seriously, that we really start to believe them. But I think that when we start to go into the journey, then we start to be like, okay, this is a pattern that's showing up again. Ah, I notice this every time I'm moving forward to connection, or whenever I'm moving into a therapy appointment, ah, I'm noticing these patterns coming up. So that's really the beautiful thing about relationship anxiety and RCD is it can give us such a beautiful opportunity opportunity to really get to know ourselves on a deeper level. And I think that that's what's so scary because a lot of us have been kind of numbing out, have been analyzing, ruminating, escaping our body, escaping ourselves. And so RCD and relationship anxiety really allows us to kind of tune in and come inward and then start to notice these patterns. And I think that, that that's, that's when we get to a point where like, okay, like, let's celebrate that. Let's celebrate the awareness piece that you can start to notice these resistance pieces that come up, right? But it can be so hard in the beginning because we we kind of hone into the thoughts and the seriousness of it and how to convince ourselves out of the thoughts. And then later on, we start to be like, oh, everything is kind of a resistance to life. Everything is kind of a resistance to a relationship and everything is a resistance to the present moment and what is happening and kind of working with that and tending with that.
0: Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. And I feel like what came up for me as you were just sharing that is the opposite of resisting what's happening in the present moment is accepting what's happening in the present moment. But for so many people and myself included, that's really hard when we have these expectations of what should be going differently. So if we thought it was going to be warm outside, but then it's cold and windy, we're like, oh, like, you know, that sucks. Or if we thought we were going to feel perfectly in love and never have any wavering feelings towards our partner, and then we don't, it's like, oh, like, why is this happening? And so that opposition of resistance, for me, at least, has just been accepting what, like you said, whatever is happening in that moment, but that's really hard to do without judgment. So how do you Work with your clients, or how have you worked in your own world to bring a more accepting mindset into life?
1: I think that one piece that kind of goes along your question, which I really want to bring up, is when we start to recognize, oh, we're resisting sometimes there's resistance to the resistance, right? Like it's almost a second arrow piece comes in where we're kind of like, oh, the emotions come up. I shouldn't be resisting right now. So I'm going to resist the resistance. And we kind of get into that trap. So a really big piece is almost kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier in terms of like, how can we start to see the resistance as almost like, a messenger, but also almost like a gift. So if I'm waking up today and I'm noticing this resistance, can I become more compassionately curious to what is there? And if I'm not, can I bring compassion to what is the is there in terms of the resistance as well? Like, can I bring compassion to that resistance? Can I bring compassion, understanding too, that? I don't need to be forcing anything either right? Like the the brain and the unconscious and, and the wounding has its own timing. And I think that that's almost like a greater surrendering, a greater surrendering to life, a greater surrendering to the journey, a greater surrendering to kind of uncertainty. Um, but I think that that's such an important piece, because what I hear with my clients, and what I really recognize throughout the journey, was when I found out that resistance was holding me back, I started to get upset at myself or mm-hmm. I started to be like, how do I stop this resistance? Right. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like this unconditional compassion. Um, this radical compassion is what we talk about at Awaken into Love, um, around whatever we're going through. And can we hold space for that? No matter what it is, as we take a step to trusting that we can hold ourselves throughout this journey.
0: Mm. Yeah. Well said. I love that. Radical compassion. I think we could all use a little bit more of that. So going back to your point earlier that you made that one of the top ways resistance shows up is kind of that question of, well, will I discover my truth? Or what if there's some truth kind of underneath all of this? And I think that especially when it comes to RCD and relationship anxiety, there are a lot of these what if thoughts that could have some basis in reality, but also are probably exaggerated in many ways because of the anxiety that we're feeling around them. And so when it comes to resistance, how does one begin the process of separating resistance from something that could potentially be truth. And I, I enter into this conversation knowing that even hearing this might feel like, oh my gosh, someone could he- feel a flutter in their chest like, well, oh no, like what, do I, what will I discover? But I have a feeling that whatever you share is going to be really helpful. So I think it's important to ask.
1: I think that when we're moving into healing or integration and we understand that resistance is going to be there there needs to be a framework in terms of holding ourselves in this place of knowing that we will be okay. So what that basically means is I'm not going to take someone through the journey and be like, okay, move forward, keep going, just do all of these uncertain things, go into exposure work. We don't work like that. Some practitioners work like that. We don't work like that because there's so much relational trauma for many people entwined with ROCD, we really work with people in a way where they start to trust themselves. They start to lean on themselves. They start to be like, well, no matter what happens, I got this, right? And no matter what I could discover, I will be okay. But on the other side of that, there's also this framework that we really bring in, which we really kind of bring in this like couples work aspect, which is like, we can bring creativity to what's going on in our life as well. We can, we're we're kind of like the creators of our destiny in some way. That's what we believe at Awaken Into Love. And I think that a lot of people kind of go in and when there's resistance, there's kind of like, okay, I'm gonna find out a truth. Okay, maybe you are going to notice that a lot of the things that are coming up have been disappointing in a relationship. And how are we going to decide to hold ourselves in that and also see if there's a potential of growth here within the partnership as well? And I think that in that framework, it gives people this opportunity to be like, hmm, maybe things aren't so black or white. Maybe there's a potential for creativity within myself and within the partnership, and they start to learn How to hold themselves through the uncertainty, through the scary points, where they then start to know that whatever happens, they will be okay. And I think that's such an important piece. We're not just throwing people out and being like, go into the resistance, go into exposure work. We're holding them and saying, hey, you're going to be the parent that you've always wanted or you're going to be this loving kindness or this best friend. So you can start to trust in the challenging moments that you'll be okay and that you've got your back. So so I think that that's a really big piece um, that we kind of hone in on. Actually, we really hone in on that, which is, you know, the fear that comes up of what if I find the truth? Okay. Well, if there's disappointment, how can we work with that? You know, if there is sadness, there is, there's grief there. Because then brain can still go black or white. If I find a truth, then yeah, then I have to leave. Versus I found something disappointing. Oh, maybe this isn't something I'm very happy with in my relationship. What are ways I can creatively work with this? That can be another option as well.
0: Yeah, I love that. And what I'm hearing as an example for this would be like if someone is worried they might discover a potential incompatibility or a potential red flag that even if they did discover something that to your point was disappointing or maybe not perfectly compatible as they thought, that that doesn't automatically mean anything. It just means that you have new information in front of you and then you get to decide how to work together with your partner or work individually to kind of change your perception of that. And of course, we're not talking about like abusive situations here, but In a healthy relationship, even if there are some, like you said, disappointments or grief or sadness to process that it doesn't mean that you have to take extreme action necessarily. Exactly. And I think that this really comes back into like this, this foundation within
1: our society that we see so much, which is people give up on relationships very quickly when there's a potential for growth in so many different ways. I think people really tend to not invest in their relationships. They invest in other things like the gym or invest in going to nice restaurants or travel, but we forget to invest in the number one thing that can either cause us a lot of suffering in our life or more happiness, which is our relationships. And at Awaken Into Love, we really believe that as a society, there's not enough education, there's not enough mentorship, there's not enough of that guidance and that wisdom in relationship work. And we really need to bring that back in. I've seen so many couples who have come to this place where they're like, okay, the ROCD is there. I feel a little bit better within my relationship, but these are some things I want to expand on. Okay, let's do it. Let's go in, let's expand on that. Let's see what's holding us back. Let's see how we can be creative together. And they do. And it's this new partnership that kind of forms. And that's why we talk. About conscious relationships, awakened relationships, because with the work we do, we really believe that we can use ROCD as a way to deepen within ourselves and then kind of like create our destiny in that way within our partnership. And I find that so fucking exciting. Sorry, I find that so exciting. I <laughs> and I find that so wonderful. And I think that we have that opportunity. And I think that we we forget that we are creative, empowered individuals, and when we forget that, um, we kind of go into that black or white mindset. Like we have no choice. We have no potential to grow um, if our partner is willing to grow with us. And I think that that can be a beautiful journey as a as a partnership together.
0: I love that. We're getting an explicit episode on Spotify, y'all. <laughs> yes, we are. I love the passion yes. that comes through. One thing that just came up, I much. hadn't even planned to ask about this, but I'd be curious to hear what your thoughts are, is once I heard that, Um, not only we resist things that could be negative, but that we can also resist things that can be positive because if that positive thing actually manifests, then our identity and the way we see ourselves will be challenged. So it's like just as uncomfortable growing into something that could be really powerful. For example, oh, I'm actually starting to feel better. I don't have as much anxiety. I don't feel the ROCD coming up as much. And we can actually resist this because then it challenges this identity we have of ourself as an anxious person in our relationship. So can you speak a little bit more to that?
1: I can speak so much on this. This is huge. Mm-hmm. Um, this is so important because it's so unconscious for a lot of people. And this is equally something to become aware of if you've built strong community and friendships with people who have ROCD and relationship anxiety. Mm -hmm. The blessing, the beauty of being in a community of people who have ROCD and relationship anxiety is they understand. The challenge that tends to happen for some people, which they don't recognize, is that when they start feeling better, they might not feel as connected or as a part of that like identity. So- this is such a big topic that I talk about a lot in my kick circles and my course and community, which is that we equally have resistance toward the things that feel good, toward the things that are actually safe. And many of us do with RRCD. Many of us have grown up in challenging environments and childhood situations where safety was a threat, right? So even training the nervous system to be okay with safety and to feel good is like a whole different aspect of this. Um, Within that, we can get really comfortable with the suffering. It can become very familiar. um, It becomes very comfortable. We actually sometimes get um, like adrenaline hormone highs from the specific suffering. So we can kind of get addicted to that. And so that's something that can be really interesting to know too. The other thing, which is like a really big part of this as well, is if people start to feel comfortable and safe, it's very scary for many, many people because there's a fear of losing that, of really losing that. It's easier to stay in the sense of a certainty and like a control of things are shitty versus, oh my God, I had something amazing and now it's gone, right? So that's a really big part of resistance as well. And then the identity piece comes in of I am ROCD, I am relationship anxiety. Who am I without it? And we can get really caught up in that until we discover that we are something beyond that. So, yes, I love that you brought that up. I saw that within myself so much, and I continually see that within my clients and members. Like I am literally teaching them many times of how to be okay with, with things that feel good when things feel safe, when things feel comfortable, because there's that self-sabotage that comes in and goes, wait, 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 this isn't safe. This isn't okay. There must be something wrong. And that's a resistance to the safety as well.
0: Yeah. I love that you were able to talk about that. I think it's so important as well. And something like you said, it's very subconscious. So hopefully in having this conversation, at least someone will be able to maybe slowly become more aware if that's a pattern that they find themselves in. Yeah. And to not beat yourself up for that. Right. I think that that's
1: something so important that we can all kind of get into in the guilt and the shame that can kind of be that, that, um, that, that next layer that comes up when we have this awareness where we're like, oh, that kind of resonates. Oh, I can't believe I'm doing this again. And to just make it so human, this is so human, all of it, the resistance, the lack of resistance, the protective mechanisms, like we're both Sarah and I are both speaking in forms of like a humanistic perspective. It's not anything that's abnormal, just not talked about. So that's such an important piece for everyone listening right now, which is that compassion piece. Can we just bring a little bit more kindness to the self of just being human and just trying our best?
0: Yeah. I love that. Do you have any suggestions? Like let's say someone's listening to this and maybe they have a resistance to making A decision in their relationship, or they've been wanting to do a course or listen to a podcast about something, but they've just kind of been putting it off because it feels kind of big and scary, or there's something specific that they can think of that resistance has blocked them from moving ahead with. How do you recommend taking a small, bite sized step while nurturing their nervous system and feeling safe enough to do so? Like, besides bringing compassion to the experience of resistance, is there anything that you can? Share as a tip for somebody listening? Absolutely. That's a great question.
1: Um, definitely the compassion piece, but just becoming aware, starting to become aware of the patterns. Like, oh, whenever I'm about to jump on and do a course or listen to a podcast, I notice the same type of obsessive thoughts coming up. I'm recognizing that. I'm noticing that maybe this is a part of resistance. Maybe there's a protective part of me that is scared to because I'm afraid I'm going to find something out. Right. So starting to become aware and having that sort of like, I see this as a pattern can be very empowering. The interesting thing about resistance is that we need resistance actually to move into self trust. We need doubt to move into self trust. So the more we actually step into listening to a podcast and being like, okay, I'm okay, I've got myself, the more the self trust forms. Mm-hmm. right? So more of the self-confidence forms. So I would say that the first step is really that awareness, recognize the pattern, say hello to it. Oh, high protective mechanism. I see you. There's a little bit of a push here. And I know that this is normal. And I know that this is happening because I'm scared. I'm going to find out something, but really deep down on a nervous system level, it's because I'm afraid that I'm not going to be able to handle this or that, um, I'm not going to be able to be okay with whatever happens, right? And just kind of leaning in and taking little teeny steps. We work a lot with titration. You don't have to do this like whole retreat or like a 10-year thing. It can literally just be small little steps. And knowing throughout that journey, You have a choice. You have empowerment. Nothing is literally here to snag anything away, right? We get to take our time with things. And I think that that's what's really scary for a lot of people is they believe if they take a course, something outside of them is going to tell them something or that they have no choice at all. They have no creativity. And I think that can be really scary for people. So just remembering when you're stepping in, you have a choice. You have the ability to create you know, you were an empowered individual and just trying to recognize the patterns. Ah, I see the patterns here of resistance. Okay, this makes sense. I'm stepping into growth. This is challenging. Another step too, if if some people want to go into in a cognitive way, this can start to become a little obsessive. So this is something that can be a little bit more gentle when we are working with someone or when we are kind of more regulated in a nervous system. It's really asking our protector what it's afraid of right? Like what is, what are you afraid of? What's the, what do you feel is the bad thing that can happen if you do this podcast episode or if you take this course? And then that way people can start to see their protectors and what they're saying to kind of keep them small.
0: Mm, Yeah. I love that. And I usually, whenever I get to that root of what my protector, as you say, is trying to protect me from, it's usually to your point, something that would be really disappointing or upsetting or really sad. And then not only is my protector trying to protect me from those sad feelings, but to your point earlier, it's like me maybe not thinking that I'd be able to recover from that or that I wouldn't be capable. But a big part of my work that I've done individually and then what I help my clients see is exactly what you said, that no matter what, you are able to have that choice and move forward. And everything is, yes, maybe going to be challenging, but everything always has a way to propel you forward and strengthen your own inner, you know, trust and capabilities as part of being human. And so, even though it can feel really big and scary about these unknown things that could happen, trusting that you're strong enough and resilient enough to handle them, even if, of course, it's not like what you're hoping happens. Absolutely. And I say this to a lot of my members, it's a
1: courageous act to do the work, right? It's brave. It's it's so courageous. And that's why we need to give ourselves even more of that appreciation and that understanding and the blessing of suffering is it really pushes us to change. Um, but it, it's really also throughout that understanding that when we start to take those courageous steps, we're really starting this journey of self-love, of really taking care of ourselves, of really what it means to deepen and really actually choose our relationship in a lot of ways, if that makes sense. You know, I think a lot of people believe that if they stay in this place of obsessive thinking that they're choosing their relationship. But in reality, when we're stepping forward, we're really choosing to be a really loving anchor for ourselves and our partnership, truly.
0: Yeah. That's very beautiful. Thank you for sharing. Before I transition into the final quick questions, is there anything else on resistance that's on your mind or heart that you want to share? Not anything in specific,
1: just starting to, yeah, I think just recognize that resistance is so normal it's so part of the process. I want the listeners to start to almost like just congratulate themselves when they even recognize that resistance is there. You know, I think that that's a big piece that we don't give ourselves enough credit for is to even say, wow, I was able to pause and see that that was resistance today. And that's really cool, right? That awareness piece is so big. So just knowing it's so normal, um, knowing that resistance is 100% part of the path, it's going to happen And it's a beautiful way to deepen and get excited for growth. I think that's another thing too, is resistance shows up when we're growing. Yes,
0: I love it. I love the celebration aspect of this. Thank you for sharing that. So one question I ask all my guests, because this is the You Love and Learn podcast, I would love to see if there's anything that you could leave listeners with, like one thing you've learned about love over your, I think, 15 years even and beyond (laughs) in your relationship, but just in general in life. I never
1: thought that my relationship would be at this point of just incredibleness I guess if I can just say that um and I think that that in some way is my way to also give just like a little bit twinkle of like a hope for people I've been with my partner my husband for 15 16 years 15 years or so um and we've gone through so much together and we've gone through so many dips and journeys and challenges and every year is a surprise and I think that um A lot of times people think that relationships can be so stagnant and that's it. We have no opportunity. But if you're both interested in growth or you're interested in growth and your partner's willing to step in in different ways, there can be magic that can come out of it. And I I have never felt so satisfied and so grounded within my partnership as I do now. And I just say that specifically for people who are feeling really lost, defeated, feeling as though you know, there's, there's no possibility or no potential. I would just say, try, give it a try. And it was because in the moments of darkness that I decided to give it a try that I'm at this place right now. And it's those teeny little moments. It's not those huge epiphanies that tend to happen. And Sarah, I'm sure you recognize this within your journey too. It's not like you wake up and you're like, it's gone. Our city relationship anxiety is gone. It's those teeny little moments of choosing, right. And just trying. And so, That's what I would like to leave off with is to just kind of give it a try amongst the darkness when we're in those moments that feel so scary, but there's a little glimmer of hope because the potential for the future when we put in the work and when we decide to see our challenges as a way to growth and way to grow can be just something that blows our mind beyond something that we imagined in such a beautiful, beautiful way. So just wanted to instill that hope for everyone.
0: Yeah, I love that. I feel like it's such a simple phrase, like, just, just try, just try and see what happens. And even that I know, like, someone might have this fear of what if I try, and it doesn't work. And that then you tried your best. And you can truly say, like, I tried everything. And I think that it's just so beautiful that when you do try, then you give yourself that opportunity, like you said, to feel really Steady and really magical, almost in this place, but knowing that it came from a lot of energy and time being put in.
1: Absolutely. It reminded me of when I was in the thick of ROCD, one of the phases I listened to uh, the song called Try by Pink. Over and over and over and over again. And Pink also was in, she's in a partnership right now. still with her husband, but she talked openly about her struggles in her partnership as well. And that really kept me going. So yeah, trying that, even that word try or that intention is so powerful. It doesn't have to be huge. Even just, just one step, one little try.
0: I love it. Such a beautiful way to close out this piece of resistance. And it's almost like the opposite advice of just like not letting your resistance win and just trying to slowly bit by bit move forward. So that's a beautiful way to close it. Before I let you go, is there uh, any place that you would like people to connect with you if they want to learn more about your work? Yes, just
1: awakeninto love.com. Um, we have a bunch of different sort resources. We have a YouTube channel, awakeninto love.com, Instagram with awakeninto love, and we have the RSD Academy in community level one. And then also Kick is going on right now, but it's going to kind of take a break for the next couple of months and start up again in September. But you can find everything at awakeninto love.com. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you so much, QMEI. Thank I really you, Me too. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks, everybody. See you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to the You Love and You Learn podcast. If you've been enjoying the podcast, it would mean the absolute world to me if you could rate and review the podcast because the more ratings and reviews there are, the more people that can hear this message and it's really important to me to get this message out to the world and to create a space where people can learn about love and relationships in a way that is not judgmental, in a way that helps them expand their perspective from the cultural narratives that we've heard and seen in the movies and in Hollywood and the media and the more ratings and reviews that are there. The more people that can hear this message. So thank you again so much. It really means the world to me that you are listening and see you in the next episode.